Welcome back to Off the Bench. This is Heidi St. John. Yesterday, we did a brief introduction with Kevin Stockland talking about ESG. I know a lot of you are unfamiliar with this new acronym. The terminology seem to be coming at us like a snowstorm lately, but help is on the way. And Kevin Stockland is at the top of the list of people that are shining a light on a lot of what's happening in our modern government in this new globalist society. Kevin is a business reporter for the Epoch Times. He's a film producer, a former Wall Street banker, and his most recent documentary, The Shadow State, is now out. And he's here to talk to me today about how Americans are pushing back against ESG and the woke agenda. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Yesterday, we did an introduction to ESG, a lot of people unfamiliar with it. Can you remind us again from uh, yesterday's episode what exactly ESG is in terms of the ideology and the industry that's driving the woke agenda? Sure. Well, uh, so people should understand it uh, as as both an ideology and and an industry. As an ideology, it's really an umbrella term. It includes everything from climate change to uh, racial equity. Um, to uh, gun control and things like this. Um, It has tens of trillions of dollars backing it as an industry. Um, It has captured very uh, most of Wall Street and, um, you know, it uh, it has captured most of corporate America. But what it is as an industry is a way to use our money, our retirement money, our savings that is being managed by uh, woke investment managers to control the corporate sector and to get them to go along with this ideology. In the news, we're hearing more and more parents, you know, I've been talking about Conference of Sex Education and SEL and the 1619 Project and the woke agenda that is injuring uh, students from, you know, starting in, in kindergarten now, unfortunately, in the United States, all the way up through the university systems. But we're starting to see more and more Americans and parents in particular standing up, going to school boards, standing up for conservative values. They're pulling their money. I'm sure you saw what happened to Hershey's. Uh, last week when they made the devastating decision to have a man represent them for International Women's Day. Uh, It's an amazing time that we're living in. But I know that we're starting to see some pushback, which is what you were uh, starting to talk about a little bit yesterday. How is that impacting the ESG agenda? Yeah, well, and so I'm a parent, too. And that's really what's kind of drawn me into uh, tracking this whole industry. Um, But I think a lot of parents have just lost trust. Uh, they've lost trust yeah. in uh, schools and they've lost trust in, in things like Disney. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of parents felt like they could they could have their kids watch these shows. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was entertainment that was appropriate. Now you're having to kind of sit and view it, you know, beforehand and and, and kind of watch everything. Um, I personally would not trust Disney. Uh, I wouldn't trust any of their shows at this point as a result of this. But um yeah, you know, parents are are pushing back. In some ways, they're pushing back by what they're not doing. So Disney Plus, mm-hmm. since they've you know decided to sexualize their content and and, and inject you know critical race theory into it, um, their subscriptions at Disney Plus have been a huge disappointment. Uh, some parents are boycotting. Some Disney employees are even boycotting and speaking out against it, saying that they're being discriminated against because of their conservative views. Um, you know, certainly with with schools and things like that, um, you know, we are seeing a lot of parents pulling out of public schools, um, going into homeschooling and private schools. 
Um, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bash uh, teachers or schools too much. You know, we've been thrilled with our teacher. We, we, we have our, our son in a, in a public school here. And, um, you know, it's, it's, but even then we've had to go through the curriculum and see, you know, what, what's in there. You know, we've had to get much more involved than we ever did and read through all the books that he's supposed to read and opt him out of certain, you know, programs and things like this that we feel are inappropriate. So the one thing I will say is that, you know, parents as busy as we all are, are suddenly having to go to school board meetings. We're suddenly having to become, you know, political activists in ways that we never, ever were. And we're having to get involved in, in content and in education in, in ways that we never did. So it's, it's requiring us to become a lot closer to our children and, and a lot more knowledgeable about what experiences they're having. And I think the other thing that it's doing is I, I'm seeing this in in uh, the healthcare industry, absolutely seen in education. It's creating a whole different lane for Americans who are really tired of being pushed into this ideology. I posted this morning on my Instagram account a father taking his son to a local public school in the Tualatin School District in Oregon. And his nine-year-old son, his third-grade son, sitting in a classroom that day, and his teacher started talking to him about how babies were made. And then pretty soon the conversation goes into uh, why there are tampon machines in the boys' bathrooms at this little elementary school in Oregon. And this is all coming from this woke agenda. And the only way we're going to be able to stand up to it is really to stand up against it, is to start going to school board meetings and start talking about the ideologies and shift, as you're saying, from purchasing uh, where we've been, you know, traditionally just it's it's easy, right? It's just easier to do it, but to really shift away and find non-woke companies. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. We're certainly seeing it in the healthcare industry. Are you seeing a similar trend? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I will say, you know, Stephen Crowder made a funny remark about this because the world that we're in today is, is not the world that we grew up in and went to school. And nope. he said, you know what I never knew about any of my elementary school teachers, their first name. Right. And, right, and right. that's true. And now we're supposed to know everything about their preferences and their beliefs and everything else, which really is their pronouns you know, is, is, is nobody's business. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's just not the same world that, that we grew up in. Yeah, it's very it's a very different place. And I'm wondering, and I want to touch a little bit more on your, docu- on your documentary today, Kevin, because it's a great place for uh, listeners to understand how ESG works and who the key players are. You have taken what is a very complex topic, because when I first started reading about this several weeks ago, uh, it was like the first time I started reading about the military industrial complex. And I was like, what in the world is going on? But you've taken this topic and you've really made it digestible and clear and easy to understand. What was... I have so many questions about this, but the the what are you hoping, I guess, is going to come out of this documentary? What is it that you're trying to accomplish by making a documentary about something as uh, as as big as ESG? Yeah, well, the kind of one of the big um, things that people need to be aware of is, is that we're losing our voice. Uh, we're losing our voice to vote in issues. So, for example, these issues like energy policy and, and social policy. We should be discussing these. We should be voting on them. You know, we should be reaching a consensus as a country and electing officials to Congress and our state legislatures. Um, this takes our vote away from us, this, this ESG industry. It, it says that decisions should be made by experts in Davos or at the UN or, or wherever. Um, we're also losing our, our voice as consumers. 
So you could take the example of the iPhone. Um, you know, that was kind of a revolution in communication uh, because it was a superior product. Um, you know, I don't recall uh, being having uh, landline phones get banned or flip phones get banned or getting, uh, you know, incentives and subsidies from the federal government to go out and buy an iPhone. On the other hand, electric vehicles now, right? This is, yep. These are really being pushed on us and, and electric uh, gas stoves are being banned and gas heating in new homes is being banned. So we're also losing our voice as consumers. And thirdly, we're losing our voice just to speak our minds through corporate censorship, through things like Twitter and Facebook and Google censoring speech and things like that. So for these reasons, I felt it was very important to show people, well, how are these decisions being made? That if we're losing our voice in these decisions, uh, how are they being made? And, and so much of it is being made um, through this collaboration of government and, uh, and corporations uh, under the ideology and the umbrella of ESG. So I made the documentary, first of all, to show people what this industry is, how it works, to convince them that it's real. They may be confused why Disney is behaving so strangely. It can't be from the perspective of making profits or shareholders because half of their half of their customers you know, hate what they're doing. Um, but to explain you know, what's driving these corporations, um, how the, uh, the World Economic Forum and other groups are really able to control what they're doing, but also to show people what's being done to push back, um, you know, that there is hope, that there, there are things that you can do um, to, to kind of return to the world that we know, a world of, you know, where we have a vote and where we have rights and we have freedom to choose and to buy things and, and decisions on energy and social policy are not being made for us and handed down to us, but we actually have a voice in deciding what sort of a country we want to live in. Yeah, when I hear you talk about that, you know, I can't help but think, you know, I grew up in the 70s and I don't recognize the country that I live in anymore. I don't recognize local governance here in Washington state. They're making now very blatant attempts at uh, banning. I think it's heading to the state Senate right now. They're going to try to ban assault weapons, which, you know, eventually it's going to go. It's going to go to this, you know, through the circuit courts and then wind up at the Supreme Court. And that's going to be an incredible showdown. But the fact that people in our government right now are trying to chip away at fundamental freedoms that we have grown up enjoying our whole lives. It's kind of a terrifying place that we find ourselves in. And I guess when I heard about you and what you were doing, uh, I was so encouraged because it's, uh, I think we need to see more people standing up and saying, no, we live here too, right? This is America. This is the United States, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And we've got to get involved and fight for our freedoms if we want to keep them. Uh, what do you what what can people expect? So when they when they go to uh, the shadow state and they watch the documentary, what can they expect to see? Well, so we interview a number of experts. Um, we interview economists. We interview uh, CEOs. We interview lawyers. We interview state attorney generals. Um, we have one gentleman um, who actually supports the ESG industry, and I give him a lot of credit. Uh, he stood up for what he believed and he and he came and he presented his side of the story. And I will say that was very rare. Um, we reached out to so many of the supporters of ESG. We reached out to BlackRock and State Street. We reached out to Al Gore's organization. We reached out to the World Economic Forum and we invited them, you know, come make your case. They didn't want to talk to us. And I find that very interesting. You know, if this uh, movement is is the cure all for the world's problems, why don't they want to talk about it? You know, if, if we've invented a cure for cancer, we, we'd be shouting that from the rooftops. And we had such a hard time 
finding anybody to speak out for this industry. And I think that is increasingly the case that they don't want to make an argument because they know that there really is not an argument. Once this all comes to light, um, it starts to look very ugly. So, um, you know, that was kind of the, the um, you know, who will be speaking in a film and, and the experts that we talked to. Um, one of the people who's spoken very eloquently in the film is Vivek Ramaswamy, who's now uh, just announced he's running for president. And he is one of the issues that he's running on is really uh, pushing back against against this ESG industry. Isn't he the author of Woke Incorporated? He is. One of my favorite books. I bought it when it came out. Fantastic. Yes. He's also an entrepreneur um, and he now runs an asset management company that uh, invests in non-ESG assets. And, and I will say on the bright side, there is an enormous market opportunity here. There's an enormous market opportunity because tens of millions of Americans are either alienated um, or, or otherwise feel that they've been pushed aside by the corporations that are behaving this way. And uh, th there's an opportunity to serve them, whether it's in publishing, whether it's in products, whether it's in you know, mobile phones, whether it's in banking, um, there is just a huge opportunity today for entrepreneurs to step up and serve these customers that have been pushed aside by the ESG movement. Yeah, that was one of the questions I had written down to ask you is how can how can uh, consumers, you know, your everyday consumer find and access these uh, asset management companies that are not participating in the ESG? Yeah, well, you know, it does require a, a little bit of effort, um, you know, but they are out there. And, um, you know, Strive Asset Management is, is Vivek's company, but I, I know that there are others as, as well. And we don't necessarily need them to be conservative either, just as long as they will invest for the maximum return versus ideology. I think that's all that people are asking for. But, um, you know, there, there are alternatives also in the, in the media space. So, um, you know, Daily Wire uh, has, is now working on creating a lot of media. And we kind of mentioned the Tuttle Twins and uh, Heroes of Liberty and, or, and, you know, publishers like this. Um, but then also, you know, when it comes to your pension money, you know, just look where that's going. So if it's going to companies like Vanguard and State Street uh, and BlackRock, um, you know, these are our asset managers that are pushing ESG. So you may want to choose alternatives to that. And, um, you know, whoever you are investing with, you know, maybe that's Fidelity, maybe that's Schwab, I don't know you know, go to their websites and look and see, you know, what their ESG policy is. So, you know, again, everybody's busy. Uh, everybody is occupied with their, their jobs and taking care of their families and everything else. But this is a time that requires us all to, to get a little bit more involved in how our money's being spent and how it's being invested. Boy, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it's exhausting. And I will say also, um, you know, we are just one a good antitrust case away from collapsing this entire industry. So there are rumblings that the that Congress or even state attorney generals may be bringing antitrust suits against corporations who collaborate uh, through ESG to take down fossil fuels or firearms. Um, one case like that uh, will take down this industry or shareholders, pensioners, who feel like their 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 returns are being reduced because their money is being diverted into social causes? Well, at some point we're going to see a class action suit against those asset managers, and just one of those uh, again will will crater this industry. So um, it's it's not something that is so bleak that that we shouldn't give up hope. 
It reminds me of the scripture that says not to grow weary in doing good, because if you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest if you just hang in there. And I think when you were talking about how, you know, we have to do a deep dive, you know, we can't just take our kids to school anymore and drop them off. Those days are over. You can't just buy, you know, you can't just buy a chocolate bar without thinking about where it's coming from anymore. Those days are over. You're going to have to look at who is managing your money. You know, normally, you know, you, you go to work and you just you trust that your employer is going to send your 401k to someplace that's going to yield the best return on your investment. But now we realize we're going to have to look into that also. It really is exhausting. But I think what you're saying is help is on the way, that this is not uh, something that can't be overcome. And it's maybe going to be important for us to kind of watch the news to see how many of these people are going to step up and start bringing these lawsuits and start challenging these things in court. It would be just an amazing thing to see. Also, we need better people in leadership. I mean, certainly that has a lot to do with voting and and what we do at the polls. Before uh, you sign off today, can you just remind everybody again where they can find the documentary? Yes, you can watch it at theshadowstate.com. And it is also free to uh, all Epoch Times subscribers. So theepochtimes.com. Um, those are the, the places where it's available. It's also available on, uh, on DVD now. Wonderful. Kevin Stockland, it's just been a great honor to have you here. Thank you for the work that you're doing and helping the American people understand more about what's happening with the money that we're working so hard to make. And hopefully we're going to see a shift in the culture in the days to come. I appreciate you being on. Thanks for having me on. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. For more information on The Shadow State, visit theshadowstate.com. You can also link. I will link back to it in the show notes today. And if you're a subscriber of the Epoch Times like I am, just go to your account there and you should be able to find it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for getting involved. And I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith.